We'll quickly look forward to tonight's Allen Border medal. Uh, why our T20 team is enjoying success finally. Uh, and we'll have a quick look at the Rugby 10s, which took place over the weekend. It's Monday, the 12th of Feb. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Thanks for tuning in. Great dancing there, Christy Doran. Uh, Look, apologies to our listeners out there. No pod on Friday. Technical issues, difficulties, but we're back. We are back. Christy Doran, rugby and cricket journalist, joins us. Hey, mate. Yeah, very good afternoon, Philip. And Joe Barton, uh, digital editorial cricket lead. G'day, how are we? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. Hey, so the rugby 10s happened on the weekend, and we'll t- we're going to get to cricket. That's mainly the... Uh, focus, that's the substance. The substance of today's podcast is cricket, but... Uh, what happened in the Rugby 10s on the weekend, Christy? Friday. Up in Suncorp Stadium, sunny Suncorp. That's it. Well, it was actually raining cats and dogs at one stage, <laughs> but go. we saw the Auckland Blues take out the Brisbane 10s on Saturday evening in an all-New Zealand final. That's uh, so breaking So the Kiwis years. dominated the Rugby 10s. For the second straight I'm year. Stunned. I'm genuinely, yeah. I'm genuinely surprised. Well, they needed some success because after losing in Sydney 7s against the men and the women... Uh, and then actually over a week later in the Hamilton Sevens, uh, losing again to Australian side, it's good that New Zealand's got something New Zealand, to cheer they, about. They were in a real rough patch, weren't they, the the, uh, the Kiwis? Crisis. Who, who won the last split, is it? Oh, yeah, the Wallabies. Oh. Extraordinary, isn't it? It's uh, it's good, yeah. On the eve of Super Rugby, it's, across it's the ditch. that they've got something to this cheer about. This is the dark timeline for New Zealand yeah. rugby. And finally, I believe an Australian uh, Super Rugby franchise beat... A Kiwi Super Rugby franchise ending some kind of a drought? Yeah, well, it's not quite Super Rugby, but it is a Super Rugby outfit that has been beaten. That's right. So it's a, it was a year on Saturday, 364 days since a Super Rugby side from Australia had beaten one from New Zealand, and that wow. took place with Queensland beating the Chiefs. Uh, but it's let, let's be honest, it's it's been more than a, or close to two years since an actual Australian Super Rugby side has beaten New Zealand Super side in a Super in Rugby competition. Side so uh, we've got a, a lot... Uh, a lot does not count. It doesn't does count it, one bit, really. Oh, look, I think it's just a matter of time before it happens. On the current trend, Australia's going to win every game this year. Well, close to, you would imagine. Okay. Look, uh, uh, I don't have a lot for you, but quickly, a few headlines. Uh, a scare for the Socceroos as Aaron Moy uh, gets taken off. Uh, again, in playing for Huddersfield this morning, looked ugly. Uh, it might only be a cut, though, so might be some good news there uh, for the Aussie star. Uh, Matt Graham leads the Aussies on day three of the Winter Games today over in South Korea in Pyeongchang. Uh, he's in the Moguls. Britt Cox uh, and the Aussie clan, unfortunately, just missing... Uh, the medals last night in the women's moguls. Uh, if you go to the Fox Sports website video section, you're going to see some huge waves in the latest um, big wave event. And also, boys, did you see Jason Day's shot straight off the pebbles at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am uh, to save par uh, and uh, equal second uh, in that event? That he, was He's finding insane. form. 
Good to see yeah. after a miserable 2017 by his standards. Good to see he's making a comeback because he's a great golfer and a, a good bloke. And teeing off from a, a, a part of the course that uh, I suppose all of us out there can relate to. Um, you know, when we, we're smashing it into the bush or the ground under repair section and you go, nah, I'm just going to hit it from here, thanks. I don't really have the power game to uh, to find the beach. I'm, I'm usually <laughs> not hitting it far enough to go in the right direction there. Yeah, well, he drew it too far. I'm normal. Ah, okay. I'm a slicer, right. personally. So. A bit yeah. of a fade. Good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, look. Let's move over to cricket, hey? <laughs> oh, no, quickly, Christy, one for you. David Pocock? Uh, what's the latest? Is he back or something? Oh, he's on the on the comeback from an injury. Uh, okay. Went under the knife early Jan after returning from a stint in Japan. So Hope. he will be right for the start of the season or it's touch uh, and go? Unlikely. He's starting running this week. And so the Super Rugby season starts on the 23rd for Australian, their side. So he'll be playing, I think, on the 24th if he yep. was to make the first round. Doubtful. I think you'll see him in the first couple of rounds, but probably missed the, the, the very first one. Okay, cool. Joe, mm. uh, turning to you, uh, one of the f- the fresh headlines on the Fox Sports website as we recorded this podcast this afternoon is a shock bolter for the South Australian tour, an Aussie, a bowler that could be um, uh, taking away an opportunity for Chad Sayers, who has been sort of mentioned all summer <laughs> as the guy that just can't catch a break. Well, yeah, I suppose um, there's a few things which need to happen before that would uh, be the case because the news over the weekend was that um, Jackson Bird's picked up a hamstring injury. We don't know just yet quite how bad um, that injury is. And, yeah. you know, um, obviously we'd need to, to have him ruled out of the series or at least part of it before there would be any call-up. But, um, yeah, a little bit of speculation around today saying that perhaps... Chad Sayers wouldn't be the the, the the next guy in line, which everybody yeah. yeah everybody kind of assumes that you know he was going neck and neck with um with Bird for the for that spot uh, in the first place. But mm-hmm. um, Chris Tremaine's a name that's popped up a little bit today. Yeah, um, very good record to start the year with um, with Victoria. He's got twenty odd wickets um, through the first uh, first half of the the Shields uh, season, which returned late last week, I believe. Yeah, so um, last last week was the the first round back. Yeah. Um, following the the BBL break, yes. um, yeah, and I mean there was plenty of interesting stuff, but again, uh, Chad Sayers actually didn't go particularly well in, in the first week back. Uh, went went wicketless um, for for South Australia, and really, I mean he's he's the best performed quick over the past three or three or four years in in, in um, mm. Sheffield Shield, but his return this summer hasn't been quite what you expect from Sayers. He's he's averaging thirty two or something with the ball, uh, which is you know, far beneath what his you know incredible record has been, in particular last year, where he was, um, you know, averaging in the low twenties and just taking the competition by storm. So, and not even Australia's uh, test selectors are immune to uh, recency bias. Ah, definitely not. I mean, and and they like looking to the future and and all that sort of thing. But um, look, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on if and when. Uh, the injury news comes through on Jackson Bird, and if it is worse or the worst kind of fears for for Bird, then um, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty tough tough fight. I, I would still be leaning towards Sayers. Just the the weight of numbers that he's got over the past three or four summers will um would should put him in good stead. But you know, yeah. uh, Tremaine could be could be an option there. It would be pretty odd though, wouldn't it? Given that Sayers was in the Australian squad to to miss out as now. recently as uh, the the Test summer. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be I'd be surprised, but 
Um, Jeff Lawson was on radio this morning saying that Tremaine was actually um, essentially on standby for, for Mitchell Stark at various points during during the Ashes summer, which is something I hadn't actually heard, but could have been... So publicly, it was Sayers on standby, but that well, the, maybe wasn't actually the case. Well, if if, if Henry's mail is, is on the money, then yeah, it sounds like Tremaine was, was one of the guys who was right in there, which, um, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't picked in any official squads, so yeah. I don't know, that's, that's information which, uh, which, yeah, as you say, hasn't been made public, but... Tremaine's done. There's a lot to like about Chris Tremaine, but I think just looking at what has happened in the South Africa-India series, you just look at those wickets and kind of how the bowlers dominated that series, especially the likes of Vernon Philander, and you just go, this is tailor-made for um, for Chad Sayers. And if Bird goes out and Sayers doesn't get the call up, I think there'll be some uh, serious outrage from South Australia. I suppose as well, the, the, the test that... Chad Sayers was was quite close, I suppose, to, to making was that Adelaide with the pink ball test as well, which, as we all know, the ball swings a little bit more under the lights yep. in the late of an evening. So, it would you, you're right. I think it would make for ideal conditions for Sayers. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, the only reason why I didn't play in that test was because Paddy Cummins and Stark and Hazelwood all managed to to keep their fitness. And when you got full, when you can go full strength, you go full strength. But um, he was he was pretty close to to the. MCG test as well, which um, which obviously Jackson Berg got the chance once um, Mitchell Stark was was ruled out with that heel injury. But um, yeah, sayers for mine. But uh, keep an eye on Chris Tremaine. So doing some maths in my head, there's just under three weeks until this test tour kicks off on about the second or the third of March, I believe. I think it's March one. March one. There you go. <laughs> it's day one. Yeah. And. Uh, David Warner, it's come out today, Darren Lehman has said that uh, they're going to give him a bit of a breather, yep. he's going to go home, maybe spend some time with his family, uh, which to me sounds fair enough, and maybe that's the um, sort of the, the key to to him regaining some form after, after what can be said, a lean period uh, in uh, the white ball format. Definitely a lean patch for, um, for Warner, which is a little bit of a concern, because when when they named Warner as the kind of the interim captain for this T20 um, series, and they said, "Look, we're going to give Steve Smith a break. Um, David Warner's going to come in and and kind of keep that consistency with the the leadership crew." Um, that meant that he's going to miss the the only warm up game that Australia's playing in South Africa, which is to me a bit of a concern. But mm-hmm. the argument was, look, with Davey, any cricket's good cricket. Doesn't really matter if he's facing a red ball, white ball, as long as he's seeing the ball, hitting the ball well. It's going to be good preparation for him going to South Africa. And Does that mean any cricket's bad cricket? Well, at this point, you'd look at his numbers and say he's got three single-figure scores in the T20 arena, um, coming off a pretty lean ODI series against England, where he kind of and he had quite a few single-figure scores there. Definitely didn't get, didn't get a fifty. I think his top score was uh, mid thirties. So there's definitely some concerning um, concerning numbers there for Warner, mm. and I think the best thing for it, uh, and something which is definitely a, a great a uh, great idea from Cricket Australia is giving him these two or three days off. Um, Australia doesn't play another T20 until Friday. So he, when the rest of the team flies out on Tuesday afternoon, yep. um, Warner's going fly to fly to Sydney, have two, or, you know, two days with, the, with his wife and kids. Um, and it's, more, it's not just like physically. He, he does look tired, but I think it's more kind of like a mental refresh. It's just being able to shut down away from cricket, not have to go to the nets and hit... You know, hit balls for two yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah, I think having that mental refresh, but if he can kind of talk to uh, talk to his family a little bit, I think that'll really help him. And um, and of course, Australia really needs David Warner fitting and firing to to be 
a threat in South Africa. It's it's a crucial series for us um, as a country. And when he's scoring runs at the top of the order, it makes life a lot easier for Steve Smith. Yeah. Well, what, I know we were talking about it only a few days ago that Steve Smith, I, I thought throughout the one-day series, could have almost been given that time off. And, and if you put David Warner and, and Steve Smith, they're virtually in the same category. Like They're, they're mm. top-water batsmen. They've played the entire Ashes series. Interesting, I know that Steve Smith is the captain. Interesting that he was given the, the 2020 series off and not Warner. Uh, I, I, we saw... One day, like throughout the the one day series, a couple of the bowls be rotated, and I know that people say that it's a bit more, or sometimes more taxing. Mm, different so, different style of workloads, different style of injuries, and that sort of thing, which which come about, which is why they they um give the bowlers the, those extended breaks and try to you know alleviate the the stress on their bodies, the to stop those stress fractures in the back and that sort of thing, which which doesn't certainly. typically come around for for top order batsmen, but um. Definitely, there is there is that an argument there that Steve Smith could have had a, a break through the ODIs, and mm. perhaps David Warner needs a break at some point. But um, and, we, and we've seen the success that well, England they certainly haven't had that in the in the twenty twenty series, but throughout the one day series with a complete change up really of sides. You look, you know, the, the bowlers rotated, the majority of the batsmen. Um, so yeah, it would, it would have been interesting, I think, to see Warner probably allowed some time off, and, and then a couple of the new batsmen anyway. There's a lot of good batsmen right in the middle of a big bash mm. summer. Why, why, why not just give him the time off? Like, well, I, yeah, I think it, it's more you give bowlers a bit of time off for their so that they can physically, mm. uh, you know, recoup. But for the batsmen and, and the leaders of the team, they just need Focus some time and, away yeah. to, to mentally refresh themselves. Yeah, because it's such... It, like, batting for long periods of time, is such, it's all about... Your mental strength and your your ability to focus for you know I mean Steve, yeah. Steve Smith will bat for eight hours in eight, yeah. eight hours if you can, so it's just about having being able to kind of have that sharpness of mind as as well as much as anything physical because I mean David Warner there's probably no more physically impressive uh, guy in the Australian cricket team in terms of his endurance and ability to to mm. go all day he's not gonna he's not gonna be taking the next couple of days off just to uh, to get massages and sit by the pool like it's just it's more. It's more so he can, uh, yeah, just have that mental ref- uh, refresh and be able to come back in and focus. And yeah, I think that's. I think that's the key. And hopefully he gets that in the next couple of days and has a good relax. Speaking of this leadership duo, mm. uh, it, there were conversations and murmurs as Steve Smith was rested for these T Twenties that, in <laughs> fact, they're transitioning him potentially out of the T Twenty. Uh, arena uh, it, and he can focus on his tests and whatever but also let's just move past Steve Smith in this format um, can you attribute that to the success that the Aussies are currently enjoying in this international T20 tournament um, and uh, yeah I, I, I explain why we're finally uh, performing in this format yeah it was interesting that Christy mentioned um, how England enjoyed some success in the ODI format, having had a terrible Ashes series yeah. by essentially taking a new team. There was barely a handful of, of the same guys who got spanked in the uh, in the Ashes, who then towed us up in the uh, ODIs. Cleveland Cavaliers style. Well, yeah, it was a complete team refresh, exactly. Clean house. <laughs> but yeah. but the same thing has essentially happened in the uh, in this, um, in that Australia has gone from its ODI team, stripped it bare, brought in a couple of guys, guys like Darcy Short, Chris Lynn, Alex Carey, guys who 
have had incredibly successful um, BBL summers. Or Chris Lynn's been injured for quite a lot of it, but we know what he can do in BBL. So we've brought in guys who are either specialist T20 guys or who are in particularly good T20 form. Um, with the bowls, it's the likes of Stanlake, Andrew Ty, Agar's had a great summer. These are T20 specialists and guys who... I mean, the hope with Stanlake is that he'll develop and physically become more impressive and be able to take that form in, into um, that yeah that form into longer uh, forms of the game. But at the moment, they're T20 guys, and that's what we've stacked the team with. And lo and behold, they're really good. Yeah, it's work, I, and it's working. I'd always struggled with the concept that we have such a successful, um, high interest, but also high performance tournament over here in the BBL that is such a um, that produces so mm. many great players uh, locally. But then we can't transfer that into success on the international stage. Lo and behold, you bring in a couple of, of these guys that just play T20, play a lot of T20 cricket. It works. <laughs> and and they, they, they understand what's needed in certain parts of a T20 game by assessing the, the team scenario and reacting to that as opposed to these guys that pretty much full-time play other formats. Yeah. Looks like Christy has something to say. Well, I suppose as well. Like in the in the past, we've I think had a bit of an idea, or we've we've thought that if you're if you're a gun test player, that you can instantly transfer that form into the shorter form amounts yeah. of the game. So we've seen like with Steve Smith struggle from being able to switch from test cricket into one day cricket, and it, probably the only cricketer at the moment that has the ability to do that continually is Virat Kohli. Yeah, well, I mean, the well, snapshot I example... A.B. De Villiers is pretty, uh, pretty, yeah. pretty handy but as But the well. snapshot example is Tim Payne. Like, we, mm. we saw him um, have such a brilliant summer for the Hurricanes last summer, but then this summer he's been playing in the tests, playing in the ODIs, and then he goes back to Hobart for the uh, for the final. And he just, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't get, he, he just couldn't get his eye in and, mm. and, and hit the ball the way that the ball needed to be hit chasing 200. Well, there's a difference between batting at number seven and then opening the batting too. Exactly. Which is what we saw in that, yeah. in that game. Different, different, yeah, different strokes, different folks, different styles, all that sort of thing. Uh, you, you mentioned Steve Smith and how there's a potential transition away from, from what he brings to the, to the T20 team. I think that's really interesting because for Australia, what's important to us, you know, predominantly as a nation, when it comes to cricket is test success. At the moment, we've got Steve Smith, who's undeniably the best test batsman in the world. His record shows that. He's had an incredible summer, an incredible 12 months, um, really. It's almost to the point where I'll just say to Steve Smith, we don't, we don't want you to play T20s. It's going to be tough for him because he's the sort of guy who yeah. will always want to play every game, um, especially when he's got such a huge, huge financial interest um, in the IPL, where he gets mm. roughly $2.5 million to, to play in the IPL. Yeah. So he's going to want to play T20 cricket, I imagine. But in the interest of Australian cricket, putting his entire focus on um, on Test cricket in particular, but even potentially saying, look, you just look after these two formats, the T20 thing, that's going to be completely separate. Essentially, we don't need, we don't desperately need Steve Smith's role in the T20 team. Aaron Finch is currently playing that role, kind of an anchor role, except. Finch is probably even more aggressive in that anchor role than than what Steve Smith is. Put you're putting that you can if you can build a team with better balance without Steve Smith, which then gives him throughout the year. You know there'll be times where he gets two and three weeks off. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a way for Australia to uh, 
you know, take some pressure, take some stress off what um, Steve Smith has in a, in a calendar year. As long as you're not uh, upsetting him too much by, you know, excluding him from what will be a T20 campaign on Australian soil um, in two years, I think it's uh, I think it's a way to to extend. Well, maybe not extend his career because it's probably not that too big, but but definitely to um, help him. Well, help fo- him focus sustain on, his yeah. test success. Correct. Help him sustain this extraordinary run yeah. of purple uh, purple patch that he's had for the past two or three years. Yeah. If he can extend that for a little bit longer, I'm, I'm not too bothered if Steve Smith doesn't play T20 cricket. Steve Smith wins tonight's Allen Border medal. Um, that's that's not. We, I don't actually know that, but it <laughs> it, it, it does happen. Uh, who else uh, is on the podium um, as far as that? Who makes up the the minor placings? The top yeah. Well, obviously, the, Nathan Lyon doesn't play the other formats, but he's been the next best uh, cricketer for Australia over yep. the past 12 months. Um, phenomenal record throughout 2017 with the ball. And test cricket is weighted more heavily, so I think he'll... You'd, you'd like to think David Warner will have will feature somewhere, probably, possibly not in the top three just because he only plays the, the one format. Even though David Warner's had a down year... Um, He'd be a strong chance because he just plays so, so much. And he's not had a terrible year in ODI cricket, um, Dave Warner. So I think David Warner would, would will feature somewhere in, in the mix. Um, beyond that, it, I mean, it's really just... It's it's Smith and then Daylight's probably on, on the second on the podium. Mm, what about uh, any of the other awards, like the, the one-day player of the year, um, T20 player of the year? Yeah, the one-day the one player of the year... It's, could be a tricky one. Aaron Finch has had a quite a good year um, in one days. David Warner's will be will be in the mix there as well, of course. T twenty, um, probably Maxi. Maxi's. Um, well, I mean, we didn't play a huge amount of T twenty cricket last year, and Maxi's recent run of form, um, yeah, has got dating back to to the India T twenties last year is 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 quite significant. Um, Elise Perry will be. Or is a firm favourite to yeah. to take home the Belinda Clark um, medal, possibly because Meg Lanning's spent such a huge part portion of this uh, past year out with injury. Yeah. So um, yeah. that would that would typically be the main rival to um, to Elise to to take that title. And and obviously she she had a great um, great summer, scoring the brilliant double ton um, at North Sydney Oval, which which I think would weigh pretty heavily uh, in her favour, so yeah, they're they're the they're the big they're the big awards tonight. But um, they yeah, basically there's some clear front runners. I think um, in particular Steve Smith at the top. The interesting one will be the Test Player of the Year and whether um, whether Nathan Lyon can reel Smith in there. But I just can't see it happening. Yeah. <laughs> we saw how many wickets uh, Nathan Lyon took, and, and you go through the. the the Ashes series, for mm. instance, and it's hard to see where he actually ever take or gets three points or two points in those uh, series because centuries just—it's amazing how what a century. If you compare a century to four wickets, mm. and you always look at the century and you go, "Oh, well, that's the outstanding." Particularly if the other batsmen miss out, so it's it, sometimes pretty unlucky for the bowlers. You look at Mitchell Stark and Hazelwood and Ryan yeah. and, and what they've done this year or last year in the last twelve months, and it's been pretty outstanding. Well, the, the Australian attack is so well balanced. And they take wickets off each other all the time. It's rare for for one of them to go on a tear and take five or six or seven. Mm. It's typically you'll get to the end of each innings and it's Hazelwood's got three, Stark's got three, Lyon's got two, and it's just and we saw that throughout the so balanced with, and, with all of them getting between twenty four and twenty two wickets. Or? Yeah, 
Or give them all the medal. Well, <laughs> share it among the bowlers. Mm. The bowlers, <laughs> the bowlers don't tend to uh, to win this award. Unfortunately, Glenn McGrath got the second one, is, and Warney didn't even win one. Lee so. was up there at one stage. Yeah, it's, yeah. and Mitchell Johnson's got a, got a couple, but um, it's 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 a batsman's award, especially mm. when they rotate the uh, the bowlers around. Yeah, don't even get let them play. Mm. Are we airing uh, the AB medal tonight, or is that on a free to air channel? Uh, no comment. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's on a free to air channel, which uh, I'm sure you can guess. Yep. Uh, go and enjoy it, uh, everyone out there. Um, good luck to all our cricketers tonight. Joe Barton, thank you very much for joining today's Splash. Thank you. And Christy, when's the Super Rugby season uh, kick-off? Well, this weekend, actually, with the South Africans. Um, but mm. the following weekend with the Reds and the Rebels starting things on the 23rd of February. Stay tuned. Make sure you head to the Fox Sports website uh, for all of the um, all of the uh, the coverage as the Super Rugby kicks off for 2018 uh, that'll do us today on the splash thank you to joe thank you to crispy uh christy doran uh crispy christy uh, and that'll do us on today's splash that's a wrap